I would invite you to take your Bibles and turn with me to Matthew chapter 6. It's page 811 in the red Bibles, the chairs around you. Matthew chapter 6. As we continue on in our study of the Lord's Prayer. As you're turning there, can I just give you one thing to be praying about this week? Um, I got word on Thursday uh, that a friend of mine, local pastor here in Rochester, uh, the pastor at Oasis Church, Dan Berkland, passed away on Thursday. Uh, He's been dealing with melanoma for the past four years and uh, finally passed away on Thursday. Uh, Would you pray for their family, Bridget, his wife, and their two children, as well as the Oasis Church family? Um, as they go through uh, this very difficult and challenging time. Uh, I know it will be an encouragement to them to know that God's people and other churches around Rochester are lifting them before the throne of grace. So do please pray uh, for the Oasis Church and the Berkland family. We're jumping back into our series in Matthew chapter 6 on the Lord's Prayer. Uh, As you will remember over the first few weeks that we've been looking at this passage, uh, this uh, summer series that we have that's a little more thematic, a little more uh, uh, thematic in terms of looking at the themes that we get in the Lord's Prayer. But we've talked about how there's some structure to the Lord's Prayer. Uh, There's a preface as Jesus teaches us how to pray. He says we are to pray to our Father who is in heaven. And then he gives us six petitions Uh, You all finished the last of the first three of those last week. Uh, We looked at hallowed be your name and your kingdom come and your will be done. Those are three petitions that start by helping us to focus on the Lord. Jesus starts us in the right place, focusing on the glory and the work and the purpose of the Lord. Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done. And then we get three petitions, that the first of which we're starting today, that are more focused on us. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation. And then there's a conclusion of yours being the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. So today we're beginning uh, the fourth of these six petitions, the first one that really orients it around our needs, give us this day our daily bread. So listen as I begin reading to you the beginning of the Lord's Prayer down through our passage for today. Jesus says, pray then like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us This day, our daily bread. Let's pray together. Our Father, we come before you as we do each week and we ask for you to send the Holy Spirit into our midst and to open our eyes, to open our hearts, that we might see what you want us to see, that we might learn what we need to learn, that we might see the Lord Jesus Christ and his glory and in his accomplished work in the gospel. Would you do this, Father, because we need you to do it. We need you to show us the bread of life. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, at least some of you in this room are old enough to remember the movie from 1965, Shenandoah. 
It's a movie that was uh, starred Jimmy Stewart as Charlie Anderson. Actually turned into a Broadway musical of some acclaim as well. And if you have seen the movie, then you know that it's about a family, the Anderson family, that's affected by the Civil War. Charlie Anderson is the patriarch of the family. And there's one particular scene where Charlie and his children are gathered around the dinner table. Charlie's wife had just passed away, and although Charlie was kind of the patriarch of the family, it was his wife who was the spiritual leader of the family. She was the one who always would lead the prayer times, especially uh, during dinner time. So there Charlie and his children were gathered around the table, and his children insisted that he pray for their meal. Although he had gone to church regularly, although he would refer to himself as a God-fearing person, he wasn't really a Christian man. And never really gave God credit for anything. And so this is what his prayer was for dinner that night. Lord, we cleared this land. We plowed it, sowed it, harvested it. We cooked the harvest. It wouldn't be here and we wouldn't be eating it if we hadn't done it all ourselves. We worked dog bone hard for every crumb and morsel. But we thank you just the same, good Lord, for this food that we're about to eat. Now, I feel pretty confident that nobody in this room would pray or nobody online would pray that prayer. None of us would be so arrogant and so thoughtless to pray a prayer like that. That's a prayer of a man who's never really been taught probably how to pray. But we've been taught how to pray. Jesus himself has told us how he wants us to pray. He's given us the model. He's given us the template in the Lord's prayer. And I wonder how many of us can say that we actively think about what we are praying when we go through the motions of praying the Lord's prayer. That's part of the reasons why we are spending time this summer going through the Lord's Prayer and pulling it apart and looking at all the different parts of it and all the petitions of it. What does it really mean when we say, give us this day our daily bread? What does that really mean? What was Jesus teaching us to pray by using those words? When we say that phrase, what are we acknowledging? Well, I think we'll see that we're acknowledging at least three things. First of all, that we are in fellowship with one another. Secondly, that we are utterly, that we are completely dependent upon the Lord. And then lastly, that we have both physical and spiritual needs that only the Lord can provide. So let's look at those three things that we're acknowledging. And then at the end, we'll come back and ask the question, so what? What does all of this mean? So first of all, when we pray, give us this day our daily bread, we are acknowledging that we are in fellowship with one another. What does Jesus teach us to pray? Give us this day our daily bread. Jesus specifically chose to use first person plural pronouns, us and our. When he taught the disciples to pray this way, who were the us and the hour that he had in mind? Well, of course, it was the other disciples. It was the other brothers and sisters in Christ and the family of God. Jesus was assuming that this prayer would be made in the context of the community, the fellowship of God's people. Regardless of whether this prayer is made in a corporate gathering or alone in our room. The mindset that we are supposed to have is that of the fellowship of God's people. 
As we pray for our needs and we ask for God's provision for us, we do so with our church family in mind. We think about the fellowship of God's people, the body of Christ. And so that means that when we pray this prayer, we're praying not just for our own needs, but we're praying for the needs of our brothers and sisters in Christ as well. We say, give us this day our daily bread. It's not just about us. And as we pray for God to provide for our needs, we realize and we must realize that God might provide for the needs of his church family through us. One commentator put it this way, that this this part of the Lord's prayer, this petition that give us this day our daily bread, this prayer is a stretching, broadening petition. We not only depend on God for practical provision, we, by saying this prayer, commit ourselves to be part of God's answer of this prayer for others who are in need. So the question is, are we ready and willing and expectant? As we pray this prayer, do we think about our brothers and sisters in Christ and how God might use us as a way of answering this prayer in their lives? We acknowledge that we are in fellowship together. But we also acknowledge a second thing when we pray this petition. Give us this day our daily bread. We are acknowledging that we are utterly, that we are completely, that we are totally dependent upon the Lord. Jesus says, give us this day our daily bread. It's interesting that Jesus was teaching us to pray about our provision for today. He doesn't say, give us this week's bread, or give us this month's bread, or give us this year's bread. Now, many times the Lord provides many, many times over what we actually need for a given day. But Jesus's prayer was for his, what he was telling us to pray is that we ought to be praying for God's provision for today. Now, when the first century people heard this, it would have made complete sense. In first century Judea, people secured food for each day. You would go out, you would find the food that you need for that day, and you would use it for that day. And then the next day you would do the same thing. And in addition to that, most people were paid a daily wage for their work. You would go out and do a day's work, and then you would be given a denarius, a a day's wage. So when the first century people heard these words... It would have made sense in their minds that the Lord is telling them to provide, the Lord is telling them to pray that God would provide for their needs for today. But by teaching us to pray this way, Jesus was also reminding us of an important theological truth that we are utterly and completely dependent on the Lord for everything every day. That's what we're acknowledging when we pray this petition, that everything belongs to the Lord. It is his. We don't deserve any of it. And we are completely dependent on him to provide it for us. And that's true whether we have much or we have little. Everything that we have is the Lord's and he must provide it for us to have it. Brothers and sisters in Christ, I would suggest to you that this may be one area where many of us are functional atheists. We live as if we are completely self-sufficient. As if we need very little from the Lord. That's especially true of us that live in this country during this time in history. It's especially true for those of us that live in this town in southeastern Minnesota. Perhaps it's especially true for even our church family. And this petition is meant to push into our sense of self-sufficiently. 
self-sufficiency. We are completely dependent on the Lord for all things. Yes, He uses means to give us what we need, like our work. We'll talk more about that in just a minute. But just because the Lord uses means like work to provide for our needs doesn't mean that that lessens our dependence upon him because he is the one who provides the means by which he provides for our needs. So if you're someone who prays this petition, give us this day our daily bread. Does your mindset, does your heart, does your life show that you actually believe that you are dependent upon the Lord for all things? Or does your mind, does your heart, does your life show that you're more like a functional atheist? How do you talk with your children or your grandchildren about being dependent on the Lord? How do you treat the resources that the Lord has given to you? How does the fact that you have that all that you have is the Lord's and that you are completely dependent on him for all that you have? How does that impact your generosity toward others? When you pray this petition, you are acknowledging that you are in utter dependence upon the Lord. Thirdly, when we pray this petition, give us this day our daily bread, we're acknowledging that we have both physical and spiritual needs that God must provide for. Give us this day our daily bread. Now, certainly Jesus was speaking about literal physical bread. It was a staple of the human diet in the first century. It was a key part of sustenance. And Jesus was saying it's right, it's good, it's appropriate, it's needed for you to pray to God, to ask him to give you literal food, literal bread that you can use for your meal during this day. But I think it's also appropriate to think about what bread represents. It represents all of our physical needs, not just literal bread, but food and drink and shelter and health and financial provision and friendship and companionship and a just government and peace and the help that we need. All of the physical needs that we have when the Lord is teaching us to pray this petition. It's meant for us to pray for our physical needs. And that means that it's not wrong, it's not a sign of spiritual immaturity to pray for our physical needs. We're supposed to. Jesus tells us to. In fact, it's not just that he's telling us to, he's commanding us. You'll remember as we began our study of the Lord's Prayer that back in verse 9, when Jesus said, pray then like this, it wasn't just a suggestion. Pray then like this. That's an imperative. Jesus is speaking a command. He's saying, you are to pray for your physical needs. It shows us that the Lord is concerned with our material, physical needs, that our provision of those things comes from him. So we acknowledge that we have physical needs and we go to the Lord and ask him to provide for those. But I also think that Jesus was not only speaking about literal bread and he wasn't just speaking about what bread represents in all of our physical needs. But Jesus was also speaking about our spiritual needs. Remember what we read earlier in our service in John chapter 6. The people watched Jesus miraculously create bread to feed thousands of people. And then Jesus used that opportunity to tell them and to teach them that there was an ultimate bread that that bread was pointing to. There was a bread that came from heaven. There was a bread that led to eternal life. And that bread was Jesus. That Jesus is the ultimate bread of life. 
I think that's part of what we are supposed to be thinking about when we pray this petition. I think that's part of what was Jesus' intention by giving us this petition. Give us this day our daily bread. We're supposed to remember we need a bread that doesn't just feed us physically. We need a bread that nourishes our very souls. And I think you can see it even by the words that Jesus uses. Give us this day our daily bread, he said. Now that word daily, it's a very unique and unusual word in the Greek. It's used only one time in the entire New Testament. Epiousius is the word. In fact, it's used almost never in even extra-biblical Greek texts. It's a very unusual word. It's a very unique word. Now, it can rightly be translated as daily. That's not a wrong way to translate it. But the word has more connotation to it. There's more wrapped up in that word than Jesus just saying daily. And when the people heard that word, when they heard Jesus say, give us this day our epiousius bread, they would have known what he was talking about. The connotations of that word also have the idea of being continual or everlasting or ultimate. The first century ears hearing Jesus' words would have heard him say, pray for your daily bread. Pray for your ultimate bread that you need, the everlasting bread that you need. When we pray this petition, we are acknowledging not just that we have physical needs that the Lord must provide for, but that we have an ultimate and everlasting need for a bread that will feed our souls. That there is a spiritual need for the Lord to provide for us. That we need a bread that comes from heaven and which feeds not just our bodies but our souls. And that it too is something that we need every day, all the time, and that we are utterly dependent upon Him to provide. Of course, John 6 shows us, Jesus shows us in John 6 that He is the ultimate bread of heaven that we need. And it is in fact our greatest need, our greatest and most important bread that we could ever ask for. And as we begin to understand that, as we begin to meditate on what that means, it brings us to our first so what. We must realize that our ultimate need is met only in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the greatest need that each of us has, to be in a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, to be united to Him by faith. What started in the Garden of Eden with the fall of Adam and Eve and what continues until Jesus returns is that we constantly look for our peace, our joy, our contentment in things other than in the Lord Jesus. That's what idolatry is. It is putting anything in the place that only Jesus can fill. And that's not just something that unbelievers do. That's what Christians do as well. It's what we've done even this past week. And then we come and we gather together on Sunday and we recite this petition without even really thinking about it. When we pray this petition, we are acknowledging that our greatest need is our reconciliation with our Father in heaven through the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the bread of heaven. That the other things in life that we pursue can't truly and ultimately feed our souls. That only the Lord can spiritually nourish us. That what we need more than anything else is the gospel, the finished work of our Savior. That our greatest need is God's grace, the forgiveness of our sins, and being credited with the righteousness of Jesus Christ. That's truly part of what we are praying when we pray this petition. And brothers and sisters in Christ... 
It should fill us with an incredible joy and peace to have the privilege of praying this petition. We know that the Bible tells us that if we come to the Lord in faith and we ask for His grace, He will abundantly give it to us. And so we should be excited. We should be expectant as we come every Sunday to the point when we recite the Lord's Prayer together with God's people. Our Father, give us the gospel of your love and grace. Give us the bread, the ultimate bread that will satisfy our souls. Make Jesus to be the very most important thing in this life to us. Make Jesus to be greater to us than anything else that we would value or treasure in this life. We must realize our ultimate need is is met only in the Lord Jesus Christ. The second, so what? coming out of this petition is that we must be humble and generous stewards. If we are completely and utterly dependent on the Lord, and if the Lord is the provider of all that we have, then everything that we have belongs to Him. And we are simply the stewards of whatever the Lord provides. And so as a result, we must be humble. Whatever the Lord provides, whether much or little, should never make us arrogant. In fact, it's ridiculous for us to be proud of our resources and provisions and accomplishments and circumstances because they aren't ours. All that we have is the Lord's. They've been given to us by Him, and so we should be humble. But we also must be generous stewards. If all that we have is the Lord's, And if he's given it to us to be good stewards with, then that frees us up to be radically generous with whatever he gives us. It is good. It is right. It is necessary to use what the Lord gives us to provide for ourselves and our families. That's a biblical principle. But when we are stingy and selfish with the Lord's provisions, we have fallen into the trap thinking that they were ours to begin with. The Lord doesn't give us provisions just so that we can be comfortable and have ease of this in this life. He gives us provisions so that we might be provided for and that we might become the means by which he would answer this petition in the lives of others. So are you humble? Are you generous? A third so what? Coming out of this petition is that we must be diligent. When we pray this petition, we're not in any way denying that the Lord provides through means. And one of those means that he provides for us, that he gives us our daily bread, is through our work. So when we pray this petition, it should make us the very opposite of lazy. It should inspire us and motivate us to be diligent in our work. Because that's one of the ways that the Lord might answer this prayer for us and for others. So are you motivated toward greater diligence in your work? Are you caused to reflect on the ways that you maybe are just skating by in your work, being lazy or indifferent? That's what you ought to be thinking about as you pray this petition every single week. Lastly, one last so what. This petition means that we must pursue godly contentment. We must pursue godly contentment even when the Lord doesn't give us what we want or what we ask for. The Lord 
does not promise that He will always give us what we want. The Lord doesn't promise that He will always give us what we ask for. What He promises is that He will give us what we need. I love how one commentator put it this way. God always gives us what we would have asked for if we knew what He knows. God always gives us what we would have asked for if we knew what He knows. Or our Westminster Larger Catechism helps us to understand why that's true. Why is it that God always gives us what we need? It is because God is our Father. The Westminster Larger Catechism 193, thinking about this specific petition, says that we pray for ourselves and others, that both they and we, waiting upon the providence of God from day to day in the use of lawful means, may of his free gift and as to his fatherly wisdom shall seem best, enjoy a competent portion of blessings. Why does God give us what we need? It is because he is our father. We are praying this petition to the Lord God Almighty, our King, our Creator of the heavens and the earth, but who is our Father. He knows what we need better than we ever could, and He promises to provide for us. The more that we believe that that's actually true, the more content we'll be with what He provides. If we truly believe that the King of the universe, the Lord God Almighty, the creator of the heavens and the earth, is also a loving heavenly Father that loves us and cares for us more than anyone else, even ourselves could, then whatever He provides is sufficient. And we can be content. Think about what we read in Matthew chapter 7, just a chapter later than what we're looking at. Which of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? That's the promise that you have as a child of God. So if you're lacking contentment, if you're anxious about your needs for tomorrow, or if you're envious of what you don't have, Remember who the Lord is. He is your loving, good, faithful, gracious, generous Father in heaven. And remember who you are. You are His beloved, treasured, delighted over child. He knows what you need. And He will provide everything that you need. So be content. Give us this day our daily bread. As we pray this petition... We acknowledge that we are in fellowship with one another, that we are completely and utterly dependent upon the Lord, that we have both physical and spiritual needs that only He can provide. And as we meditate on these realities, as we think about these truths, it should cause us to rejoice greatly in the greatest provision for our greatest need, the Lord Jesus Christ, the bread of heaven. It should cause us to be humble and generous stewards of what God provides to us. It should motivate us to be diligent in our work. And it ought to fill us with a deep contentment knowing that the Lord promises He will provide everything that we need. Let's pray together. Father, I confess that so often I take this petition for granted. 
I'm sure I did even as we prayed it earlier today. And I suspect that many of us in this room often say these words without deeply thinking about what we're praying. Forgive us. I pray for every single one of us that as we pray these words, we would not only be filled with confidence that you are at work in our midst, but we would be filled with joy and a sense of hope as we recognize that our greatest need has been met in the bread of heaven, the bread of life. And as we come to this table now and as we once again remember the work that he's done for us on the cross, we pray that you would fill us with the strength of faith that we need. We're ready to go out into a world that is full of hurt and sin and fallenness. And we are weary in so many ways because of it, but we know that you feed us and nourish us through the bread of heaven. And so do it again now, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.